Welcome to Cycles and Sanctity. This is Mama Jane. I am so happy that you are here with us. I have part two with Emily Adams, and I am so, so excited to interview her today. We had such a great conversation. I hope you heard the first conversation that was on the May 11th episode, and she was talking about her beautiful retreat, and she's had such a great, great response with that. So hello, Catholic Divas. Welcome to Cycles and Sanctity podcast. I am Mama Jane, wife to Steve for almost 37 years, mother of six wonderful children, fertility awareness instructor, and a Catholic mindset coach. Are you confused about your cycle? Do you want to learn how charting your cycles can give you insight, not only to your health, but your mental and emotional state as well? And most importantly, using this information to draw closer to God and pursue your path to holiness? If you answered yes, then you are in the right place. Go grab your journal and your favorite pen and let's do this. We want to welcome you again, Emily. How are you today? Happy belated Mother's Day. (laughs) Thank you. Happy belated Mother's Day to you too. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we were talking with you last time and you were sharing us your story about your infant loss, because that is your specialty. I mean, you know, God definitely uses our life experiences. And as I was mentioning in my other podcast last week with about Father Scalia's written a book, it's from the gospel of the fish and the loaves. And Mm -hmm. when they, and he says, gather the remains, right? And then they had 12 Mm -hmm. baskets left. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when we give the Lord the fragments of our life, what does he do? He just multiplies them, right? So We were first talking about all of your beautiful children and mm-hmm. your stories, and we got a little interrupted just because the podcast ended. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just want to go over just to remind everyone, and Emily has put into practice, which I really want to exhort and encourage any woman who has experienced any kind of infant loss of actually naming your children. Mm-hmm. It's very important Father Mike Schmitz talks about a lot that we have a personal God that has a personal name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he calls us by name. When a baby is brought to the church for baptism, that is one of the first questions that the priest or deacon asks the parents is, what name do you give this child? Because our Lord calls us by name and desires a personal relationship with us. And so let me just kind of review. Let me make sure I have my, my yeah. notes correctly. So <laughs> your your first your first baby in heaven is Gabe. Gabriel. And then mm-hmm. Gabriel. And then mm-hmm. you have a nine-year-old Jude. Mm-hmm. And then you had Thomas. And you had John David, and then Miriam was born a year after his his death. Almost exactly a year from his death date, Mm. yeah, or or birth date, yeah. Birth date. And so she's six. And then you had Violet Benedicta. Mm -hmm. And then you had Josephine, who I see Mm -hmm. on Zooms, who's a little doll. (laughs) I just want to kiss her. She's four, right? (laughs) Yes. And then you had Lawrence, Peter, and Luke. And now you Mm -hmm. have Rosemary, who is five months old. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. So you have four four on earth and six in heaven. Beautiful. Four on earth and six on heaven. Yeah. And I just want to say, yes, after my first loss, 
I was like really struggling. And that was something that the priest had recommended to me. It's so funny, like, you know, my whole life, I, I grew up and I was pro-life and definitely wanted to spread the message about the sanctity of human life beginning from the moment of conception. And when you go through a loss, what I found is some of those things just like you don't think about or it doesn't, you don't see how it applies in that situation. And that was a real gift that our priest gave to us at that moment to help us heal. There's so much healing in being able to actually call your children by their name. And even the children, maybe if you've never met them before, because several of ours, you know, were so early that we never got to hold them. Mm-hmm. And it provides a lot of closure in that and allows you to look towards the future you know, hopefully one day I'll get to heaven and I'll get to finally meet those little babes. And it just provides so much hope in being able to name them. And a lot of times I'll hear, well, how do you name a baby you've never met? And my answer to that is, well, ask God what they're like. Ask Mm. God for their name. Ask Jesus to give you their name because he knows them, you know, just as you said, he knows them and calls them by name. And so that was my prayer as I named each one of my babies was Lord, give me the name that you desire for them. And, and, and he always provided. (laughs) Wow. That is beautiful. Yeah. Another little mom hack, I will say (laughs) that a a dear friend of mine had taught me and I do that with baby Catherine. I call her baby Catherine because Mm -hmm. even though, you know, she would have been 20 had she lived is this friend of mine, she says her morning prayers as she's in her bed. And then she sits and sends her children to do chores. Mm-hmm. And her husband, she said, if I stay in bed too long, my husband will come in. She's, oh, you're still talking to the kids, right? <laughs> and and she's, yeah, I, I tell them, you know, Michael, you need to watch your sister today because she's got mm-hmm. a big test. And I thought, you know, one of the things about Catholicism that I absolutely love And personally, I had such a powerful, powerful experience this past May 1st with St. Joseph. I was praying to him about something and renewed my consecration. And then boom, all of a sudden, all this stuff opened up. And I was like, wow, we believe in the church triumphant, the church militant, and the church suffering. I mean, and we're all connected. And sometimes as Catholics, we are devoted to saints but we don't understand the true presence. Like they're more connected to us than Mm -hmm. they were physically on Mm -hmm. earth. Mm -hmm. Right. And the older I get, the more I experience my spirituality and just cling to Jesus, the more that veil kind of uncloses and, you know, Mm -hmm. so, and, and speaking of which I really want, this is the last Thursday of May. And as many of you probably know, May is dedicated to our lady. And I hope (laughs) some of you have experienced some May crownings and just really given her the honor that she deserves. She is our Lord's blessed mother. He chose her from beginning of time. She's immaculately conceived and she is a great, great gift to us as the church militant. And so you had mentioned before in your previous episode, you, you're you very devoted to Our Lady, and it's just so beautiful to listen to you of how the relationship of that. You mentioned off recording about a particular client and how mm-hmm. you served that client and how Mary really brought them closer to the Lord. So would you just share that little story? Yeah. And of course, you know, one of the things I want to share with, first of all, kind of give a caveat as 
as mindset coaches, we're always, and even myself as a natural family planning coach or fertility coach, whatever you want to call it, we're always very cognizant of keeping many details private and yet being able to share particular instances that could serve others. So both of us are very aware of that. This is just really kind of an, an example of how a Catholic mindset coach can really serve you, but especially yeah. with Emily because of her such a significant gift of helping women who have lost infant loss. So I'm going to mm-hmm. give you the stick as we say, yeah. and I want to hear <laughs> this, this beautiful story of how you really helped this client. Yeah. So a lot of times, and I experienced this myself, so I can even speak from personal experience of being in a place when you're in the midst of suffering and you feel alone and you feel not seen and you kind of fall into this place where you're believing a lot of lies about God, that he's abandoned you, that he doesn't see you, that he doesn't care because you are in pain, right? And the enemy speaks directly into those wounds. And so I had a client who, whatever she was working through, she was really struggling to talk to God because she was angry and she was really upset and she wasn't trusting him. And she had built these walls up around herself because that was easier. And she thought it was going to protect her from being hurt again and again and again, right? And I've done the same thing in my earlier losses. Like I built up a lot of walls. I was very (laughs) self-reliant. I was, I can do this on my own. I've got to figure this out. And I was seeing a lot of this in, in her. And the thing that actually broke me free from that was turning to Our Lady. And when I was pregnant with my son, John David, who we lost at 17 weeks, that pregnancy could have been filled with a lot of fear. And I had started a a 54-day rosary novena, which I joke because I'm like, I can't even complete a nine-day novena. (laughs) But through her grace and her guidance, I was actually able to complete it. And at the end of it, actually, like maybe two or three weeks later after it ended is when we found out he did not have a heartbeat. Mm. But I think she had been preparing me that whole time to just keep coming back to her, keep coming back to her. And so I could see this in my client and I just gently invited her out to, okay, you don't want to talk to Jesus. That's okay. That's okay. Right now. Let's, let's look at Mary. Would, would you be open to looking and talking to Mary? Would you open your heart to hear her voice? And, you know, she was still a little resistant at first, but she did. And so it was through Mary's just like gentleness and guidance and just being able to kind of pour into that acknowledgement of, I see that you're hurting and it's okay. It's okay that you're angry. It's okay. I totally understand why you are having a hard time trusting me right? Because of these things. And we just slowly but surely kind of tackled those lies one by one and created some space between them. And then eventually we were able to get to a place just much like myself where, okay, I can get in a room with him. I don't want to talk to him. (laughs) He's going to be in the corner. I don't want to like say anything to him. Right. And I remember having that conversation with her. I guided her through this prayer and she was like, He was in the room, but he was in the corner. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He was in the room and I just like, didn't want to speak to him. So I didn't. And I was like, you know what? You're in the room with him. 
-hmm. you're in the room with them again, and you weren't in the room a couple of months ago. And, you know, I really attribute that to just that gentleness that Mary, that gentle leading that Mary can do for us, especially in our brokenness Mm -hmm. to say, it's okay. I've, I've had my heart broken too. It's okay. I don't understand all of the whys, but I'm here with you and I see you and I'm going to take your hand and I'm going to walk with you. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. I have to share with you one of my moments with Our Lady, and this was so long ago, but it was really transformational in my own journey with my infertility. And it's one of the reasons why I really love the Metanoia Catholic methodology of mindset coaching, because Mm -hmm. we're very Ignatian and we understand Mm -hmm. that our imagination and our memory are faculties of our soul. And our imagination is a good way that our Lord will share with us, right? So that's what you kind of did is you you guided her through an imaginative and she could visualize him in the room, whereas before mm-hmm. she couldn't. And that's actually what happened to me. This is, again, this was years ago. I was praying my rosary and I was just crying and crying and crying and, and same thing pro-life. And I was just lamenting because a family member had shared with me a couple of weeks before that they had just given birth. And the comment was, oh, I got my tubes tied because I don't want to have any more kids. And Mm. it was like a knife in my stomach. And I just was crying to our lady. And I had this image that I was sitting on the floor and she was sitting in a chair and I had my head in her lap. And all she was Mm. doing was stroking. I was crying, crying, crying. And she was just stroking my hair. And all she said to me was, I can't give you a child now. And of course I freaked out about it because I had never experienced an imaginative prayer like that. Mm -hmm. So thankfully I had a spiritual director and I went to him and he's like, was she like physically there? (laughs) You know, like, are you seeing? I was like, no, 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 this is in my mind. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, this is, that's Ignatian. But I had never been taught that. But it was such a great consolation for me. And Mm -hmm. so for me personally, again, the the imagination and people have said to me, like, you have such a great imagination. I'm like, well, yeah, because I, that's how God speaks to us. Mm -hmm. So for me, after that experience, the other imaginative vision I got was, okay, stop sitting in the ashes and the sackcloth, get up and go do your work. And Mary reminded me that I had six godchildren. Like, okay, you don't have physical children, but you have six godchildren. You need to go do your work. Mm-hmm. And, and I would tell people like, I don't know if she's ever going to give me a baby. But the other aspect, theologically, for me personally, it showed me the amount of integrity that Our Lady's will is so united with God's will. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was at that moment, I was asking for something that was not within God's will at the moment. Yeah. And and then another thing I would like go back and I would meditate on this. And my husband was in the military at the time. And my little one, my daughter, there were many times when he was like out in the field and he was gone and she would just cry for daddy. And I literally couldn't like, I can't bring you daddy. And that was the mm-hmm. feeling that I had What that mm-hmm. our lady like you're asking for something that I cannot give you. Mm. And I was at peace with that. Yeah. But it gave me the trust because for me at the time, I, you know, it's a conversion. I'm continually converting and I'm continually drawing closer to our Lord. (laughs) And, but it really shared with me the intensity that our lady will never do anything outside God's holy will. 
Mm-hmm. And that's really important. And I think that's also one of those things that we as Catholic mindset coaches, we teach people how to really recognize their own free will and mm-hmm. really making those choices. Cause I know with my coaching, I, you know, do you choose to, do you want to have this thought continually or do you choose? And that strengthening the will is so powerful and mm-hmm. understanding. And then again, you know, submitting the will to God's holy will, but willfully, like not begrudgingly, not white knuckling, like, okay, I mm-hmm. guess I'm going to follow God's will. No, no, no. I understand that he knows something better than I am. I'm going to submit and trust mm-hmm. in him. And that yeah. sounds like what you did, right? Through our exactly. lady. Yeah, exactly. She, she definitely made herself known through a lot of imagery to me over the years even more specifically, probably over the last two years, two or three years, because I, you know, after our last loss, I was 19 weeks. And actually, I remember crying out to her on the way to the appointment. And I asked, I I knew something was wrong. I had this gut feeling that our baby actually wasn't with us anymore. I felt crazy. This was Luke. I felt like I was crazy for even having those thoughts. Mm. But there was just something in me that knew. And I remember driving on the way to the doctor's appointment. And I just said, Mary, I don't know what's going to happen, but I have a feeling that this is it. And I just was having this conversation with her in the car. And I just said, do not leave me. You cannot leave me. Please do not leave me now because I think that I'm going to need you a lot. And it makes me like tear up because, because the next thing I said was pretty, I think profound where she had really nurtured me to where I could actually submit to this. But I just, I made her a promise. And I said, if I go in here and they cannot find a heartbeat, like I think that they won't, I promise that I will praise your son's name in this. Oh, amen. And, and of course, if if they do, I will certainly be praising his name. But I realized I actually needed to verbalize that out loud to her. Right. Because in that moment, when they couldn't find the heartbeat, that was what came to mind. She reminded me, remember this promise you made, we're going to seek the good in this. And she called that to mind. And when the technician walked out the door, I looked at my husband and I said, Jesus is still here and he's with us and he's still good. And I don't know why he's asked us to do this again, but he's still good. And I just felt this like sense of peace come over me. And I know it was her because I had asked her not to leave. <laughs> so she definitely was just like making herself known in all of those moments. And and then afterwards, you know, we suffered a period of time of infertility after that loss. And she really invited me to take a look at the wounds within my womb. Mm-hmm. and relook at the way that I was defining things. And re- and she would bring these images to mind. Can I just stop just you really, right yeah. there just for one moment? Because the last episode, I started out with Ignatius's principle and foundation, right? Mm-hmm. And you have been able to get to that point spiritually to give God praise in all things, you know, St. Paul talks about that we we should give thanks in all circumstances. And I just want to praise God that for your own spiritual journey and acknowledge you that you've been staying close to our Lord and our mm-hmm. lady. You know, one of the things that irritates me with Christianity is that many times people are like, oh, I believe in Jesus. My life is going to be good. It's like, no, it is not going to be rainbows and, and unicorns. 
our Lord said, if you want to follow me, you have to take up your cross. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, but how do we praise God in the difficult moments? And you just Mm -hmm. demonstrated that. So all glory to God, all glory to God. So, I mean, I St. Ignatius must be here too, because (laughs) we're talking about imagery and, you know, Lexio Divina kind of thing and and praying and, and, and our lady. And I know he was very devoted to our lady as well, but I just wanted, I wanted to stop and encourage our listeners to understand that. Again, it's one of the reasons why I I'm reading that if you've never heard the principal foundation of Ignatian is we've got to get it back on the right track and we've got to keep our focus. Our focus is always to give God praise and glory and to trust in him that whatever, remember what he talks about, you know, we shouldn't desire long life as opposed to a short life, health versus sickness, wealth versus poverty. All of it is going to be for his glory and for our good. And that's what you and your, your husband said, right? You said to your husband, Jesus is still Lord. Jesus is still good. I don't understand what this is. And so now he's been able to take you into the rest of the story of a deeper chapter and say, okay, now I'm going to, now that you're at this level, I'm going to go take you deeper. And we've got infertility we're not able to even conceive. Now I'm going to open these other things, these other rooms, right? St. Saint, Saint Teresa of Avila talks about the interior castle, right? Where other rooms that you hadn't even acknowledge that they were there right <laughs> at this garage yeah. that you're like nope I'm not even taking you there yeah. Jesus well and it, it it really kind of speaks to that first part you're talking about like earlier where you were saying you know as an act of my will I'm going to choose to believe this even when I know it's hard or even when I'm suffering or even when this is happening and there were many times <laughs> I just want to let your listeners know there were many times where that was not the first choice. And it was what I realized was it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder when you're not making the choice to seek him out and let him into that pain and let him be able to transform those areas. And like you said, there's so many other rooms that need to be addressed, but you got to deal with the room in front of you first. And yeah, it wasn't until I was completely surrendered that I actually found so much healing in all of the other areas that I didn't even know I needed healing in. Wow. You know, those things were finally revealed and it was like, oh, this is why you actually are struggling with, with your identity. Right. You know, for me, I, I tell a lot of women that I work with these identity wounds that you might have that were these beliefs. You think that they maybe were created in this suffering through the suffering of baby loss, but those wounds are actually already there. Exactly. And actually praise God that you might be experiencing this suffering because it's highlighting it and it's maybe forcing you to finally deal with it. And so that was a huge mindset shift for me. And I've seen it in other people. When you can get to a place where you can say, you know what, praise God for the suffering because I actually really needed healing and the suffering allowed that to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I mean, I look back on my own spiritual life and think if my life had been according to quote on my plan, I probably wouldn't have leaned in on Jesus as much because I would be, you know, having babies and being self-reliant and la, 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 la. But with seven years of infertility, I had to lean on him constantly. And I, I remember one time at one of my lowest points, 
I was going to my spiritual director and just crying. And all he said to me was, you're sharing the crown of thorns with Christ. I don't know why. And I was like, I don't want it. He's like, sorry. You know, like, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, but again, and now 30 years later, I have a spiritual way of praying. I'm so in tune because I lean in on Jesus and it's just kind of like, I'm, I'm much more in tune of the suffering for others and prayer warrior. And I just, you know, yeah, I praise God for that seven years of infertility. I really do praise God. So when you can get over that bridge and when you can do it while like you were doing, and one of my saints, I mean, this is my goal. I, I told my spiritual director once, St. Maximilian Colby, when he looked with love at the soldier that was literally injecting him with this toxic whatever to kill him. And the soldier says to him, stop looking at me because he looked with him with such love. Like that, mm. for me, that's my desires. Like I want to look with love at those who are doing the most harm to me because mm. I know that it's, you know, love this sinner, hate the sin. I'm not there yet. <laughs> that's yet, but that's okay. That's, I just keep giving it to Jesus. Like this is, I want to look, just like he looked with love on the cross, right? Like he looked with love to the thief. Like that's, anyway, that's my, my desire. So that's, that's awesome. That able to use go banging to that client and Share with me, like once she was able to meet our lady and have Jesus in the room, like you said, he was in the corner. Are, are you still working with her or has she progressed? I mean, what was the, because a lot of times people don't understand what is Catholic coaching? What is Catholic mindset coaching? And what is the benefit of coming to a coach? What do you say in that experience? Like, this is how she was before, and this is how mm -hmm. she was after, and this is why Catholic coaching is so necessary in this world at this moment. Yeah, I think before, when I first met her, like I said, I saw a lot of myself in her. There seemed to be hopelessness and this desire to have a, to trust in God. Like, you could hear that in her voice. Like, I want to trust God with this. I know he's giving, like, I know intellectually all the things, right? As Catholics, we know intellectually that suffering can be a good thing for us. <laughs> and it's our path to heaven and, and all of those things. But when you're facing it, it's really hard to make sense of it. And so I think where Catholic coaching really helped her was, one, it helped her to quit judging herself because mm. that's where a lot of the pain was coming from. I can't remember who told me this, but they were saying like, there's a difference between the crosses God gives us and the crosses we inflict upon ourselves. I've heard that and before. So, <laughs> I'm not sure who said that. I probably should look it up because it's now become one of my favorite things. But you can really see that in, in women that are struggling with infertility and baby loss and all of these things. And I think Catholic coaching helped her be able to look at what she was perceiving as crosses and then being able to then ask yourself, is this a cross that God even wants me to have? Or is it one that I'm inflicting upon myself Ooh, because of my pain? Question. Yeah, such a good yeah. question. And, yeah. and a lot of times we start to realize, actually, this is a self-infliction <laughs> mm -hmm. because I'm choosing to believe this about my suffering. I'm actually staying in this pain mm -hmm. and God doesn't want me to stay in this pain. He wants me to, yes, like I'm going to experience the fullness of the sorrow or this loss or all of those things are beautiful, 
But when I just keep kind of indulging in that mm-hmm. over and over again in all these different ways, or it's leading me down these paths of jealousy and, and all of those things, those things are going to happen. And I think happen coaching helps you one to recognize it's happening. A lot of times we don't like that it's happening. We want to change, but we don't know how. Right. And it gives us a way to be able to change that because mm-hmm. we're able to look at what it's not that this act of me thinking this about this person, that's not actually the problem. The problem is what am I thinking about before that, that's leading me to do this. Right. 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 And, you know, last episode was talking about the priesthood and the gift of the priesthood. And I had shared that there's this beautiful prayer that I learned from a book called To Save a Thousand Souls that I taught my children about submitting our will. And it's a beautiful little prayer. It's kind of fun to say my kids loved it. It says, Dear God, I want to want what you want. (laughs) Even if I don't want it right now, Mm -hmm. even if I'm afraid right now. I want to want it. Please help me want to want what you want me to be. And my kids would always love want, want, want. But again, it's that free will, right? Like Mm -hmm. I I have a desire to, I know that your will is better than mine. I don't really Mm -hmm. want to let it go yet, but I'm Mm -hmm. almost, I'm just at least extending my hand. I haven't opened my hand completely. I'm still holding very tightly, but I am extending my hand to you. I'm making that movement closer to you. I want to want it. Mm -hmm. And that was such a powerful prayer for us. And I pray that a lot. When I first learned it, my kids were really little. I had it on three by five cards all over the house, the bathroom and Anyway, it's just a really, really great prayer to help us orient back to what is God's glory. What is God's will? Um, But then we create that space so that we can reflect and understand what are the thoughts that are causing us those feelings. And the, like you said, the indulgence that we just kind of keep going back and we back and we back and we Mm -hmm. justify it, right? Like, well, Mm -hmm. you don't understand my pain. I should be able to experience this, da, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. One other thing to that too, that I think is important to acknowledge, because when you've experienced such sorrow as to losing a baby, this is not, Catholic coaching is not about dismissing the realities of the pain and sorrow that come with with loss or with any kind of cross, right? Actually, there is a whole level of just building awareness around that. And I I, want to make that distinction because I think a lot of times a belief, I know I believed for a while is like, if somebody's trying to talk to me positively about this, that they're trying to make, they're they're dismissing my feelings or they're dismissing, like you said, they don't understand the fullness that this is. And I think one thing that I try to help my clients understand actually is maybe even the depth that their sorrow goes. And that it's important to understand that in order to start being able to look forward and see, okay, now that I understand this in its fullness, now what do I want to do, right? Like you actually can't move forward until you understand the fullness of that sorrow. And the sorrow is not just about the baby that's not in your arms. It's about all of the things that you're going to miss out on in that baby's future that you had already thought about. It is a relationship shift with your husband because you're now walking in grief together. It's relationships with other people that are changed because 
of their thoughts and your thoughts. Right, right. <laughs> um, you know, and it's parenting kids after losing a baby and trying to walk with them in their grief. All of those things, each one of them is another layer that needs to be explored and uncovered. And I think that's really what's beautiful about Catholic coaching that I found that I didn't necessarily find in secular coaching or even or even in therapy in a lot of ways of, okay, I'm understanding this awareness now, what do I want to do with it? Mm-hmm. You know, and when I, I did therapy for a while and, and I explored the awareness of my feelings, but it got to a place where I was like, I don't know what to do with this. You know, right. like, that's great that I understand that I'm feeling it. But how do I move forward now? You know, right. is it just, I'm going to move forward and I know that this is painful. Right. And that's right. kind of where I thought that that was all that life after loss was, it was like, okay, we're just going to keep going through life and it's still going to be painful. And Catholic coaching helped me realize, yeah, there's going to be pain. There's going to be moments where I have a memory that comes up and it's going to hurt and I'm going to feel sad or I'm going to get frustrated or maybe I get angry. And that's okay. Now, what do I want to do with it? Right. That's so, so, so beautiful. So I want to remind our audience that your retreat that was on the 13th, that if, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times people are just so busy over that weekend, if they didn't get a chance to register, it's still available, right? It's still available. Mm -hmm. Would you give the website and how to get that link? Yeah. If you go to the Metanoia Catholic website, again, under the coaching, one-on-one coaching, if you go to my page, it'll be located on my page and you can still purchase the retreat. You'll get the live recording of the retreat. You will get a companion ebook that walks you through and there's areas to journal and, and all of those things that'll help guide you through the retreat. There's also a litany for a lost mom that I wrote, a litany of trust for a lost mom. And then there's also a little printable keepsake that I created actually after one of my losses. It's a print that I often print out and give to any mom that I run into that has experienced the loss of a baby. So yeah, all of those things are still available. And like I tell a lot of people, it's the retreat that you can do anytime at any time. And it's just, it's really helpful because through the retreat, I help prayerfully guide you in encountering the Lord with these really uncomfortable emotions that you feel after the loss of a baby and do so in a way that is very gentle and inviting and not ever like forced. Wow. That's so, so beautiful. Thank you so much for using your own pain. And yet God is, this is, this is the whole Christian this is, this is everything Christianity, right? His, his passion, his death and his resurrection. I mean, we're always going to be experiencing passion, death and resurrection. Mm -hmm. And you have given that through your own passion and death and resurrection. Now you're able to help others through their, their pain. And, and like you said, you have a grandmother who had (laughs) talked about her infant loss. And so Mm -hmm. I want to invite, because I know a lot of my audience is, is older women, my postmenopausal women who maybe, I mean, I I've been saying this, like, part of my infertility, we just didn't even have the words. We didn't have mm-hmm. PCOS or, you know, hormone imbalance or whatever, blah, 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 when I was going through it. So maybe you might be one of those women who is listening today, or maybe you might be the dad also that never was able to process the emotions of an infant loss. 
Maybe you're a brother or a sister who's either the child after, we call that the rainbow child, or the mm-hmm. child before, like my son, you know, baby Catherine, he, you know, that's his best friend, baby Catherine. Mm-hmm. So I want to invite everyone to go and find Emily and, and get her <laughs> retreat, use her retreat. And if you feel like, yes, you know, I really do need someone else to guide me. I just can't speak highly enough of Emily's gift of coaching her gift of understanding. You heard how she guided that client, acknowledging the fact that this client was angry with God and giving her permission to be angry with God. I think that was the other thing we Catholic coaches it sometimes that's the first time where a, a person experiences, oh, I, I I have permission to feel this way, right? And that's half mm-hmm. the battle. So I want to invite everyone as we begin to close on that. And then the other thing I'm just going to also mention another program that I have at my website, wisdomwellnesscoaching.net. I didn't realize that's a whole other thing on technology, but yes, it is .net, not .com yet, but it's <laughs> the mini course is called Uniquely Beautifully You. If you need videos to go over the first few episodes, I really delved into depths about the four phases of our cycle and really understanding, please, I want to invite you and you have a $10 off using the coupon code podcast 23. So I want to invite you that. Emily, I'm so, so grateful that you really have acknowledged your own unique call to sanctity, that you are serving the vineyard in a particular way, and that we can be collaborative because through my natural family planning and my fertility awareness coaching, I do find women who've had experience of of infant loss. And as much as I have been able to guide them because of my own infant loss or my infertility I now know a beautiful resource that I can, I definitely like, no, no, you need to go talk to Emily. So I'm, I'm just really grateful that we're all coming to the table and we're all acknowledging that we're workers in the vineyard. You have your plot. I have my plot and we're all building the kingdom of God. Do you have anything else to to say before we close out today? Amen. I I just want to say thank you for giving me a space to talk about my children, all of them, and bring awareness to this area that I think for a long time has been very taboo and has kept women in the dark, feeling alone, feeling like no one could understand them. And I pray that if someone is listening and that is them, if they feel like no one could understand, if they're feeling very alone in this, to just close their eyes and imagine that they are in a safe place and imagine that our Lord and our lady walk into that space with you. And I know maybe the tendency might be to run because you might be scared of what they have to say to you. But what if you could just sit in silence and allow the Lord to gaze upon you? Allow him to see you in your pain, in the fullness of that pain, and not try to hide it anymore. And I just would encourage you to sit in that space and just see, see what happens. See the movements and stirrings of your heart. See if maybe there's a little bit more of an openness to receiving his love and mercy that he wishes to just pour over you. 
And if you're not ready to receive that, then it's okay. That he's still there, that he's not going anywhere. And that he'll wait for you. So I just hope that. <laughs> that was powerful, girl. Oh, thank <laughs> you just served me. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, I think the biggest lie we often believe is that we're alone. Mm-hmm. no matter what the circumstances are. And that imaginative prayer is very powerful in combating that lie. Mm-hmm. Being able to see where our Lord is or where Mary might be in in that space with you can mm-hmm. just instantly fill our hearts with peace. So well, that's my you. prayer for everyone. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So again, you find Emily Adams at the Metanoia Catholic. She's one of the resident coaches there. She's on Instagram with the, the little souls, right? The, the little, little souls. souls. So mm-hmm. beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Rosemary, for just giving me this great <laughs> look. <laughs> And we will see you all (laughs) next week. We are going to be going into June and we're going to be talking to the men getting ready for Father's Day. Yes, men need to know about fertility awareness and NFP as well. And uh, God bless everyone. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast interview with Emily Adams. Again, I want to invite you to go to Metanoia Catholic and look for Emily Adams. The link is in the show notes for her Lost Moms Retreat. You have a great day. I look forward to talking to you next week.